Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. You know, I love, I love being a dad. I love being a father. It's one of the greatest honors I know that God has, has blessed my life with. And, uh, and any father here would know that. It's one of the greatest privileges that we have, the greatest honors uh, that we have, but also one of the greatest responsibilities that we have as well. And, uh, and raising our kids is, is a joy. It's, it's just so much fun. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a big responsibility, but there's so much that comes with it. And, uh, but I love, you know, my, my son Riley, he's my middle boy. Uh, he ran up to me uh, a couple of years ago, and he was about probably four years old at this point. And he actually came to his mum first, and he, and he said, hey, mum, I want to get a haircut. And she's like, okay, you know, you want to get a haircut? That's cool. He said, I want to get a haircut. What kind of haircut do you want? He said, I want to get a haircut like dad, a haircut like him. And I, and, and, and I was there. I was kind of in earshot, and I'm like, I'm like, buddy, are you sure? Are you sure you want to get a haircut like dad? And he comes up to my head, no lie, and he, and he rubs the side of my head. And he goes, like, yeah, like this, with the, the middle bit cut out. And, uh, and, and, and he rubs my head like that. And I'm like, are you sure, buddy? You know, he's like, yep, I want to be like you, dad. And I'm like, buddy, when you're 15, you ain't going to want to have a haircut like that. You're going to be praying that you never have to have a haircut like that. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, dad, for sure. And uh, so we went and cut his big mop off because he can grow big hair. And uh, it's cool. But we did not shave it like that. I wanted to. I was keen. I was like, let's just do this bit in the middle. <laughs> let's just take a photo and see what it looks like. But yeah. yeah, Kate wouldn't let me. Anyway, so, you know, I just love tonight that I wanted to share a word tonight about God and about God being our Father. And, uh, and just to encourage us all uh, in this place in knowing that God is a Father. That is a part of the Trinity, the triune God. God is Father. He is the Son and the Holy Spirit. But there is the nature of God as the Father that I really believe that God wants us to become accustomed with. God wants us to be able to lean into and know God as a Father. Regardless of your experiences of a natural dad or an example of a natural dad, God is an amazing Father and He can be trusted. And I love what William Wadsworth said. Uh, he said this, William Wordsworth. He said, Father, to God Himself, we cannot give a holier name. To God Himself, we cannot give a holier name. I love that quote. I love it because it speaks so much about who God is. And God is a father. He is a father by divine nature. And God wants you to know him in the nature of being a father. He wants, to know his, he wants you to know his son, Jesus, as being Savior, Lord, King of Kings. He wants you to know Jesus as that. But he also wants you to know him as father as well. And God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But I love this fact that He has so much that He wants to show us. And tonight, we sang a song uh, from Hillsong called Who You Say I Am. And who loves that song? Man, I love that song. My, my daughter, Abby, she loves singing that. And, uh, and we, we put worship music on for our kids at night before they go to sleep. just calms them down. And, uh, and it literally is on until I go to bed at night and go and turn it off. And, uh, but who, who You Say I Am comes on. And then Abby, at the top of her lungs, she just starts busting out this song. I am who you say I am. And she just singing, filling the house, you know. And, uh, and I just love that, that here my four-year-old daughter is in there singing that she is who the Father God says she is. 
And, uh, and, and I love this song because it speaks so much about the way that God wants you to see yourself and He wants you to see Him as God. And uh, He wants you to be able to declare over your life that you are a child of God. And there are two great lines in the bridge uh, that I want to tap into tonight. And the first line in the bridge is this, is that you are chosen, not forsaken. You are chosen, not forsaken. 1 John 3, 1 says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. I love that scripture, because that shows that we are children of God. We are His children. And we know the fact that it's kind of not like the fact that kind of you were the last kid on the block, so to speak. You know, I know that sometimes when you're in school and you're waiting on that, you know, everyone's they're picking the sports team and you get the captains. And uh, they're, they're, you're like, you know, i got Johnny, i got Sally. And, you know, it's that last kid at the end. And you're kind of like, you're like, and yeah, you can come too. And then they come, it's like, you didn't pick me, you're stuck with me. You know, and, it, and it's kind of like, you know, it, you kind of, you feel that. I mean, who's ever been in that position? You feel that way. You know, kind of not that sporty, the last kid to get picked. I want to tell you now that God is not that way. He is not that way. It's not like this when God says he has chosen you. You're first that's chosen. He places you first. He says, you are chosen. You are not forsaken. You are called by me. You are chosen by me. And I want you to believe it today. And it's not based on your merits. It's not based on how good you've been or how bad you've been. Okay? See, the truth is, is that him accepting us is actually more based on his own son and what he did for us. That's why God can accept us as children is because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sacrificed, gave Himself, took the price of sin for us. It's based on His merits. So when we accept Jesus Christ, when we choose Jesus, we choose the Father. We choose Him as well. And we can be accepted and we can be brought in, adopted into the family of God through Jesus Christ, His sacrifice, death and resurrection. We can, through Jesus, come and say, I am a child of God. I accept this. I'm coming in. I am adopted. I'm grafted into the vine, as the Bible speaks, being grafted into the vine of God. I'm coming in. I am a part of this family. I am one with God. I'm not, I'm not an outsider. I'm not a hireling. I'm not just working for God. I'm a child of God. There's a big difference. Big difference. In knowing that, man, I don't just live here in this house. I'm a child. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of this house. And you know, there's something powerful about that. It says this in John 1, 10 to 13. He came into the very world. This is Jesus. He created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, resulting with human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. See, God has chosen us and accepted us through what Jesus has done. We can be reborn. When we give our lives to Jesus, that is what it means to be born again. To be born again spiritually. See, physically we were born. 
But there's a second rebirth, and that's a spiritual rebirth into God's family. To come in, we're, we're actually born outside of God's family. Did you know that? When we're born, we're born outside of His family. And it's not until we make a decision to say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to be born again spiritually. It's in that moment, spiritually, that we come alive in God. The Bible says we're dead in our sins. But when we come to know Jesus and accept Him, we become alive in God. Not only alive, but born into the family of God. We become children of God. We're adopted in. And I, I, I love this. And the question for people tonight is this. Is are you accepting God as your father? Or are there any blockages that are stopping you from accepting God as your father? See, I know that we've all got experiences in life. I understand that tonight, that not everybody has had a great natural experience of a natural father. Not everybody has a really good, great memories when they go back. Maybe there's, there's hurt. Maybe there's pain. Maybe there's some rejection from a father figure in our lives. And, uh, and maybe there's abandonment that's happened there where you didn't actually know your dad that well and you've grown up with a stepfather or, or whatever the picture looks like. I want to tell you tonight that no matter what the past looks like, God can actually speak a greater picture into your future. No matter what your past looks like. And God wants you to be able to accept Him as Father. Whether your biological dad has been great or not, whether your stepdad has been great or not, it doesn't matter. The picture is that God wants you to see Him as the Father, that He, he hopes and believes and wants you to see Him as. And sometimes it's difficult when you don't have a great picture of the natural situation, isn't it? See, when we see with our own eyes or we've experienced something with our own life, sometimes we will model and reflect that on God. And we'll look at, man, I, man, when we hear the word Father, sometimes we can think, man, I, I, that I don't have good feelings when I hear that word. All right? But at the end of the day, God wants to heal that in our lives. He wants to heal that part of our past because He wants you to know the Father God and the one that won't let you down. He's there for you. We can accept Him as Father because God is trustworthy. He's trustworthy. He won't abandon you. He will not forsake you. You are chosen. You are not forsaken. Psalm 9.10 says this, And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. I want to tell you tonight, that is a promise. That's a promise from God. Regardless of what a natural situation or an earthly situation has happened for you, God says to you tonight that I will not forsake you. I will not abandon you. I will not let you down. I am trustworthy as a father, you can trust me. If you open your heart up to me, if you maybe have to take those little steps towards me, you know, I, I just love this about God. He's really patient. He'll wait for you. He'll wait for you. He'll let you take those small steps along the way. Even if it takes some years for you to open your heart and trust him as father, that God will wait for you because he loves you that much. He's prepared to go the distance with you. And I want to say, don't let fatherlessness or a bad example of a father stop you from searching out God as a father and your ultimate father. Don't let your experience stop you from searching out God as a father. Because everybody has a past. Everybody has experiences. But that shouldn't stop you from the way you step 
into your future and knowing God the way that he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him this way. I love this fact. You choose Jesus, you choose the Father. You choose a Father who does not abandon, who does not forsake. You are chosen and he can be trusted. The second thing, part of the line here is that you're chosen, not forsaken, but it also says you are who he, who he says you are. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. I love that God the Father is a lot of good to say about you. The Bible's full of all the good things. You know, when I was preparing this message this week, going over, just finding all these promises and scriptures and amazing, it was so much. I was like, man, I was, you know when you're, you're flicking through Netflix and there's just too many options? That was me this week. Just too many options. You're flicking through, I can't land on anything. It just, I just can't stop. I mean, and that was me just going through my Bible, flicking through and, and, and flicking through my commentaries and just finding, man, oh, wow. Look at all the good things that God says about us. That God has so much good to say about us. But I want to tell you tonight that the devil doesn't want you to believe the good things he says about you. He, he would prefer that you ignore the good things that he says about you. He would prefer that you would stay in a place of ignorance, in a place where, where you don't want to step forward. You, want to, you don't want to take a step out of where you are and come into a place of intimacy with God. See, the devil doesn't mind when you don't know. The devil doesn't mind when you don't believe. The devil likes the fact that you're staying outside when you're actually called to be in. And God calls you in as Father. He calls you in. He says, man, the door is open. My son has made a way through the blood that he shed. And you come through those doors. He's standing there. He's waiting for you to enter in. You can enter in now into my domain, into my presence. You're welcome. And see, the devil wants us to remain outside. Even though God says it, sometimes we're like, yeah, well, that's great for other people. I don't know if that's for me. And sometimes we can hold back on the good things that God says about us. See, John 8, 34 to 36 says this, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. If the son sets you free, you are truly free. See, why does the devil would prefer you to stay outside and not coming in? Because when you're outside, you're still bound by the, what the past says about you. Still bound with temptations. You're still bound with those old ways of thinking. You're still out there. Because that's what Jesus says. Hey, before you knew me, before you come to me, you're actually enslaved to sin. You're enslaved to sin and you're dead in your sins. But when you come to know me, you come alive, you have a rebirth in me, but you're born into a family with a loving father. That's what you're born into. And, I, and, and what Jesus promises is that if I set you free, if you choose to know me, you choose to walk through the front doors of the house to come into my family, come into my home, then I will make you free. You'll be free of your past. You'll be free of the issues. You'll be free of those things. And God will say, man, the way that the devil bound you no longer binds you anymore. You are free. You're not enslaved to sin anymore. You're not enslaved to sin. Now, can you still choose to sin and do the wrong thing? Yeah, of 
course you can. Even when you know Christ, you can still be tempted by the sinful nature. But the truth is, when you come to Jesus, you're no longer, this is a promise, you're no longer enslaved to it anymore. You're free from it. You can choose. I've walked with a lot of people. I've mentored a lot of people in this life. And I've, I've walked journeys with people that have been trying to help know Jesus on the journey. And I've known the way that sometimes they can be just so blocked from understanding. I was only talking with someone today about, you know, uh, about their own life and their own situation. This is after church. And, and as I'm sitting there just chatting with them, man, they, they were just so blocked about the way they saw life and they saw God and they saw a whole bunch of things. And I sat back and said, man, oh, if you only knew the freedom that God could give you. Because even all the things I was saying, it was just kind of falling to the ground for them in that moment. Even though it was good stuff of what God wanted for them, they weren't hearing it. See, sometimes before you know God, you can be so blocked and you can't even see God for who He is. But God wants you free from that. So you can know God in His loving nature as Father, as Savior through Jesus Christ, as Lord. There's so much God wants you to know about Him. So Jesus says this, what I say about you is that you are free. You're free. He the Son sets free is free indeed. And this is what the Father promises. These are three things. After all the flicking through all the amazing promises, these are three things that I see about your past, about what God does in your present, and what God can do for your future. And as he says, the Father says this, number one, as I've said, you are free. If the Son, Jesus, has made you free, then believe that you're free. Accept it. Choose it in your life. You know, don't, don't keep running back to the old parts of your life thinking that, man, if I make a mistake, then the Father won't accept me. That's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. If you make a mistake, all you've got to do is come back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what God promises? Come back. Come back. Don't run away from me because I'm running to you in the mess, in the brokenness, in the hurt. I'm running after you. God chases after you. When the prodigal son in the story in Luke 15 came back to the father, as soon as the father saw that he was taking steps back to him, the father dropped what he was doing and ran down to meet the son. That's what God does for us. When he notices that we are taking a step back to him, he'll run after you. He'll run after you. And God wants relationship with you today. If he says you're free, then you are free indeed. The second thing, the Father says, you are healed and whole. If you're free from enslavement to sin, what God promises is that you are healed from the brokenness of what that sin was. He can heal you and make you whole. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced, Jesus, for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. This means that not only Jesus Did Jesus deal with our past? But he also heals us from our past as well. He makes us whole. And that's what he promises. You come into my presence. You come into my family. You choose me. Then I, through my Holy Spirit, will make you whole from the inside out. That's what he wants to do for us. He wants to heal us. He wants to heal our past. Maybe there was brokenness in the past, but God says, I am the one that can put the pieces back together. And here's the cool thing about God putting pieces back together. It's not like when, man, my kids break stuff all the time, seriously. 
all the time. They're like, Dad, I'm really sorry. It's always my stuff. I come out and like, I just, what were you doing in there? That's like my drawer. You pulled it out and broke it, you know? And they'll bring it back to you and you're like, you've got to grab it and glue it and, and stuff. It's never really the same, is it? Most of the time you're kind of like, oh, I can't really fix that, you know? But when God fixes you, it's not like the pottery that gets glued back together and you kind of look at it and go, Dad, you glued that back together, didn't you? You know, it's like, it's not really meant to look like that. You know, like, you got the ornament of the elephant trunk, and the trunk's like to the side a little bit because you didn't glue it properly. You know, you just notice it, don't you? Not like God, it's as new. It's as if it has not been broken. That's how God heals you. He takes the scars away. He removes the sign that you were ever broken. It's not like there's a scar there. He removes it. He says, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to bring you back to renewed, totally new again. That's what he promises us. That's what he says about us inside out, in our soul, in our mind, in our whole life. He heals us. The third thing that the Father says you have is that you have a great future. He deals with your past, frees you from it. He heals our past when we let him. But he also speaks to our future. And he says this in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now that sounds like a father that loves us so much, that speaks destiny into our lives, that speaks to the plan and purposes that he has for us, that says, hey, you are great. You are great as a person. You are great. There's a call of God over your life. You can live to that destiny. You can live to that call over your life. It is something in you. You know, I love the fact that this morning I had a moment with my own son, Josiah, that this is the first time he'd ever done this. Because how many know when your kids are little, you don't know yet, but some of you will, but if you do uh, already, you know, when your kids are little, they write your notes and it's kind of like, you're amazing, I love you, daddy, you know, and it's like, it's really beautiful and there's always a picture of you and and all that stuff. But this was something that my son, I know, wrote himself. It's kind of like, kind of like he was a teenager and he wrote this thing. It's like a full letter. And I, I, I grabbed it this morning and I had to go back into my office because I started crying. Okay? And I'm, I'm reading through what my son read to me. And he read through all the stuff that he, he loved about me. And I love, Dad, that you make things so funny sometimes. And when you read us a story, you always try and make it funnier than it actually is. And, you know... <laughs> And because uh, and, we just have some fun at night, you know. And, uh, you know, and he said, I love when you're lifting weights, Dad, because you're getting strong. You know, I said, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> Man. Awesome. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and right at the end, he says, he says this. He said, I love you, Dad. I want to be just like you. Thanks for everything you do for me. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness. I'm just like, close the door because like, dad's having a moment. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I'm looking at this letter. I'm just I'm praying. I'm trying to prepare for this morning's message. And I'm like, wow, wow, I want to be just like you. And, you know, the truth is that moves my heart so much because all his life, he's eight years old now. All I've told him is you're going to be great. You're going to do great things for God. Every night I pray over them. God's got a destiny for your life. And you know, I love the fact that, you know, God actually sees us the same. See, the Father looks at your life and says, man, you are great. 
You have a destiny. You're amazing. And you know what? God looks back at us, his son, Jesus, the model that we measure off. And, he, and when we say, I want to be just like you, I want to be just like you. I want to be like the model that you've given us, and that is your son. I want to be like you. Do you know that moves the heart of God as well? When we do that, just like I had that moment this morning. You know, I want to close with this quick story about my own dad. And, and my dad, uh, he, he was a phenomenal father. I love my dad. He's such an encourager. And he, he invested so much into my life. I am a great dad. I'm the best dad I can be because I had a great model to model off. And I know not everybody has that. Not everybody gets that experience. But I thank God all the time that I had that experience. But even if you didn't, you can have a great experience with God and you can make sure that the experience you give your own children in the future can be a great one. And see, my dad, when he grew up, he, he was in, in an abusive environment, okay? Uh, we, we immigrated, I have a Maltese heritage, immigrated into Australia in the 50s and my dad was the firstborn son. There was eight children in the family. And uh, in Maltese culture, the grandfather rules the, 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 his son's home. They actually call the shots, discipline the kids, do all that sort of stuff. So not only did my dad have his own father that was kind of a little bit abusive at the time, good, good, good grandfather, you've got to understand. There were, it was just a really, really shocking culture that they grew up in. And uh, so he used to cop it sometimes from his own dad and from his grandfather. And so what happened was is that in this environment, it would get so bad sometimes if they knew they made a mistake, they wouldn't actually come home. Dad grew up in a, at a site where there was a graveyard uh, that just, just down the road from where they lived. So they would rather go and sleep in the graveyard for the night than go home and be in the house for the night. This is some of this experience that he went through. And Dad hasn't told me everything that he went through. He's just some snippets of what happened as he grew up. One time, you know, just for fun, they put him in a Hessian bag, tied him up when he was 10 years old, beat him, and then threw him on the roof and left him there for a couple of hours. And so, and then pulled him down. And it scarred him, this experience. And my dad, because of this, he really went off the rails. He, he was so angry as a young man that he went off the rails and, you know, was always in fights. He was in pr trouble with the police, like, every weekend. Uh, you know, he was, he was knocking police out, ending up in jail, <laughs> you know, in and out, lock up for the night. Like, wasn't in actual jail, but lock up for the night. And come out and just crazy partier and uh and so he went through all these experiences met my mom and 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 they got married and uh and and it was really really crazy for them like that my my dad was broken from his past and my mom is a whole other story she was broken from her own past and there's these two people that get married and they just got these broken pasts that they're just at each other you know it wasn't gonna last this marriage and, uh, and so, out of nowhere, like, you, you feel like it's out of nowhere, but, but my uncle Fred, uh, some of you may know, he does come to this church as well, uh, he, he got saved radically one night. He met Jesus. And, uh, and so radically was his salvation that he came and, and shared the gospel with my dad. And he said, man, I, my life has changed. I know all the stuff we've done. God loves us. He accepts us. He forgives us. And, and dad gave his life to Jesus and, uh, and, and turned his whole life around. Him and my mom. And, uh, and I love the fact that here my father was from his uh, experiences of the past, and even my mom as well, their experience of the past, they let God get into their life 
and do a transforming work, a sanctifying work inside of them over a number of years. And, and, and they just went step by step, step by step. They began to change. God began to deal with the hurt, the rejection, the brokenness, the pain. He began to heal all those things that were inside of them. And, and I love the fact that now I think back, I think to my dad and my own childhood, and I look at the fathering that he offered to me, and it was nothing like the stories he ever told me of his past. Nothing. See, I love the fact that my dad made a decision. He made a choice in his life that even though he, he had it tough when he was young, he wasn't going to let that dictate his future. See, his experience of his own past didn't need to be the experience of my past. He, did, he said, it's stopping now. It's ending at my generation. This ends now. My children will know a better experience. They will know the heart of the Father God through my life. They're going to know that. I didn't experience at its best, but I know that I can make sure that my children experience it. I can make sure that I do it differently to the way it was modeled for me. I thank God that my dad made a decision to live like Jesus, to live like the Father God, because he just leaned into him and he said, I don't know how to do this well, but I want you to teach me and it doesn't matter about what your past looked like it doesn't matter about what it says or what it speaks to your life every single person can make a decision to say Lord I know that you can heal my past and I know that you speak destiny to my future God has the greatest future for every person in this place tonight he wants to rewrite it He's already got the pages, the pen is being written about your future prophetically, speaking into your future already. And He wants you to receive that tonight.